Go to MyEverydayDope.com to buy you some merch. <laughs> Everyday dope, the ones who enhance the flow. You know them Bruce Lee roars and possess the glow. Yo, you're the last dragon, so you're good to go. You're giving back to the world, or why you're crushing your goal? See, you ain't gotta see it, you can just be it. You're the streets hope. Yeah, God told me you're dope, and you're here just to give us some pearls. We appreciate that, so we can share with the world. See, you ain't gotta see it, you can just be it. You're the streets hope. Yeah, God told me you're dope. Dope, 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 dope. You're dope. Dope, 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 dope. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Welcome to Everyday Dope, the podcast about dope people who do dope things. And what do they do these dope things? Well, quite frankly, they do them every day. I'm your host, Mr. Sheffield. Today's guest is going to be Joshua Dickerson. He's an educator that was Teacher of the Year. He creates programs to empower youth through chess and robotics. And he's a fabulous writer who can help you find a pencil. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't have one, I can help you find one. What's going on today, Josh? Man, it's all good. I'm glad to be here. Everything's lovely. Everything's lovely. We here at Everyday Dope. And um, I work out with Josh sometimes on Wednesday mornings. I'm chubby. He's not. (laughs) (laughs) And I told him I traded my, you know, my man boots for his metabolism. He told me, no. Nah, no, nah, so. you keep it, man. I, I, don't, I don't want that. You don't want that? <laughs> man, Josh, you're running for down the basketball, like, uh, basketball court like a gazelle, man. Let me tell you something. I am legitimately 44, and he is not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right behind you, man. I'm right behind you. You're right behind me. All right, Josh, so we're going to start you off with the same question we ask everybody else that comes to Everyday Dope. What's your definition of dope? Man, my definition of dope is like fly and unique and world changing fly unique and world changing yes fly unique and world changing hmm that's my definition okay so what what do you think is fly unique and world changing like like when when you cuz when you said that the first thing came to my mind was Halle Berry. Halle Berry. <laughs> she's dope yeah. yeah she's dope she's not afraid to be herself exactly um you know, and it, it paves the way and give other people confidence in being this self. So when I be seeing people doing their thing, like, and they're not afraid to step out and try something, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, that's dope. Yeah. So when you say the word fly, that's an old school word. So what do you, like, what do you consider fly? Like, fly is just something that is, like, it's your style, your mm-hmm. uniqueness. You're not trying to, you may borrow from somebody else, or, mm-hmm. but you, you still want to add your own flavor to it. I'd be like, oh, that's fly. You know, it's like... <laughs> Like old school, you probably think of like I'm gonna get you suck a fly guy or something. You know, wearing the wearing the fish tanks on the bottom of his shoes. shoes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, somebody said, you know, sometimes it's not like you're not the first one to do a thing. Like you're the first one to make that mistake. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but when you put you know this fish tank at the bottom of your shoes, somebody says it's fly, then it takes off. It you know takes off. You know. So it's you know it kind of feels like you're saying fly is also about taking chances. Taking chances, mm-hmm. not being afraid to take a chance. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what kind of uh, chances have you taken to make you fly, unique Man. and world changing? Hey, like I'm a poet, so uh-huh. when I write, uh-huh. I don't try to be like anybody else. I just try to write what I see and what I feel. And if the world receives it, they receive it. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, it's still my honest, genuine thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I just write to express myself and to just be unique in that aspect. Mm-hmm. So when you're writing poetry, does it help with stress? Or is it like a thing that comes up from the Holy Spirit? Like, where does it come from? Man, it's a combination of all that, man. When I like write poetry, it's like my way 
to to give to the world. You know, like they're they're going back to to the griots in Africa and <laughs> okay. stuff like that when they walked around telling stories. It's my way to tell stories. It's my way to see things from other people's point of view. Like I may see somebody walking by. I may see somebody in the gym and my mind starts to create a story about them in my head mm-hmm. and I just put it on pencil and paper or type it in my notes about imagining what that person is experiencing. Okay. So it taps into my imagination. It taps into my beliefs. It taps into my, my visions. So what's the flyest poem that you did not write? The flyest poem that I did not write is called um, by Gwendolyn Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, we real cool. Okay. <laughs> we real cool. We skip school. We lurk late. We strike straight. We real cool. We die soon. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gwendolyn Brooks, she, 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 she did that. Okay. Now that's dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about this pencil? I'm going to tell you something. Like, I'm a grown man, and I still struggle with having a pencil. Now, I got, yeah. I got, <laughs> I got 80 pens at all time, 80 pencils at all time. But when I need one, I can't find it. <laughs> Tapping your pocket, looking Tapping around, like, everything. What's, what's going on? So tell us about this poem about the pencil. Man, that poem, I wrote that poem probably like in 2013, 14. Mm-hmm. Um, what inspired that poem was actually I was, um, you know, working with some students. And one of the students didn't have a pencil. And they went to a trusted leader and asked him for a pencil. Mm-hmm. And the, the the trusted leader said, you know what, since you don't have a pencil, you're going to have to give me some collateral to make sure that I get my pencil back. Mm. So the the boy said, well, I, he said, well, give me one of those shoes you have. Yeah, who used to take the shoes? Let me take the <laughs> shoes. So the boy took off his shoe and he had holes in his socks. Mm. And then that kind of added fire to already flaming situation. Mm. People kind of laughed at him a little bit. Right. And so what I did when I wrote that poem, I sat and I imagined what it must have felt like or what that student could have possibly went to through for the reason why he didn't have a pencil. And I wrote a poem based off that. Mm-hmm. So you mind singing the poem for us? Okay. It's, it's called, Cause I Ain't Got a Pencil, and it was written by me, Joshua T. Dickerson Sr. Just case my son <laughs> try to get credit one day. I got to put that senior, Joshua, because I ain't got a pencil, and it goes like this. I woke myself up because we ain't got an alarm clock. Dug in the dirty clothes pile because ain't nobody washed my school uniform. Brush my hair and teeth in the dark because the lights weren't on. I even got my baby sister ready because mama wasn't home. Got us both to school on time so that we could eat a good breakfast. And when I got to class, the teacher fussed at me because I ain't got a pencil. Just because you ain't got a pencil. Because I ain't got a pencil. I'm, I'm telling you, I used to teach. I done, I done screamed at a whole bunch of kids yeah, that man. didn't have pencils. And I, I didn't think about it in such a... Um, a stressful way that, you know, these kids, they do come to school. They have a lot of responsibilities. They have a lot of things on their back that, that their parents probably, quote unquote, supposed to be doing, but they have to do them. That's right. All right. So what made you um, so interested in the youth? Um, okay. What made me interested in the youth? I was at Georgia State University. This was back in 1999. Ooh, you know, cash man, money to go for 1999, <laughs> 2000. Yeah, this was back in them era. So... Um, my, my major in college originally was, uh, communication and journalism with a minor in African-American studies. Okay. And so I took an African-American studies history course, um, with Dr. Umoja. I can yell Umoja. And so part of that assignment for my summer was to do some type of internship or volunteer work. 
And I got placed at a community center behind Big Bear Grocery over there in the West End. I know exactly where Big Bear is. My auntie made me take over there to get them fried thighs. The fried thighs, <laughs> man. What you know about that, man? They got thighs and gizzards exactly. and livers and all that. <laughs> that Big Bear is classic. Yeah, that Big Bear classic. Well, over, over there, not too far from 559. But, oh, let's, oh, let's get back to I'm the point, that, man. I'm not, that, <laughs> I'm not that old, sir. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. That's what I heard. That's what you heard. <laughs> So I was volunteering over there. It's a word that I call volunteering, but it's more like voluntold. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't volunteer. I was voluntold to go there. And I started working with kids, and I was like, man, I really like this. Mm-hmm. And so it became a passion of mine and so based you, on that. And so you went into teaching? I did go into teaching. Mm-hmm. So right. tell me about your whole teaching experience. Like the ups, the downs, the I need a pencil, the ones who did have a pencil, you know, what? How did teaching actually impact you? I know a lot of times we like to talk about how the teacher impacts the students, but how did teaching make you fly unique and a world changer? Man, shoot, I, I learned more from the kids than I ever taught them. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, I first started out at Jolly Elementary School in DeKalb County mm-hmm. in Clarkston, Georgia, and they had children from all over the world there. You had children from Burma, um, Sudan, uh, Yugoslavia, Jamaica. That was just one, that was just some Kenya, uh, Ethiopia, and that was just one of my classes when I taught fifth grade. And they were students from other countries in there. And sometimes the kids would come to the United States of America based on civil wars in that country or whatever, or being refugees. Mm-hmm. And that just opened my eyes even more, man. We got to be compassionate towards people. Like you may see a child or you may see a student's test scores or a teacher's test scores, and they may be the lowest test scores in the district. And somebody may look at it and be like, man, that's a poor teacher. Well, somebody could have said that about me. Because mm-hmm. I had 24 kids in my fifth grade class, and I would say about on 18 of them were English second language students. Right. So my test scores were not going to be through the roof. But it learned, it taught me humility once again. Like, you just can't look at numbers. You just can't look at stuff and assume you know what's going on. You know, some of the most intelligent people may not be the best test takers. Some of the most committed, dedicated teachers may not have the highest test scores based on the circumstances that they're in. One boy in my class was um, for Sudan, and he told me a story about seeing his uncle murdered in a civil war in Sudan, and they tortured the uncle so the rest of the family would get the message. They laid him flat on his back in the sun and pinned his eyelids open and made him look up at the sun and killed him like that. Mm. You got a little boy in my class. He was 12 years old. He said he saw that when he was like seven or eight. So I just learned, like, if these kids can get up and come to school and been through all this and seen all that, man, I got to be fly for them and give them the very best effort that I have to give. Use unconventional methods. We may not be the best English speakers, but I got to figure out some way to relate and educate these students. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's deep. <laughs> like, you know, when they see a lot of things, it's like, well, I can give you a pencil, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a pencil, I got one for you. And you were successful because at some point you were teacher of the year. That's right. You know. Um, so what do you think you did that year to set yourself apart to be teacher of the year? Man, just educating with love, doing the very best I I can being creative. You know, one of the things was we had to teach about, what's that, the Panama Canal. Uh-huh. It was a, uh, what was that, a fourth or fifth grade stand? I think it was a, 
I can't remember what grade I was teaching when I was <laughs> teaching the year. I think it was fourth grade, Panama Canal. And I was explaining how it was a passageway from one ocean to the next. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So instead of just giving the kids a visual effort, we went to a hallway in the school and the hallways were like parallel to each other, but there was a connecting point in the middle. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is the ideal of the Panama Canal. Instead of us having to walk all the way around to get to the other hallway, there's a there's a passageway or a straight that was man-created. So it makes it easier to get from one place to another. And those were kids who, like I said, from all the various countries around the world. So it was just like, what can I do to teach these standards and not just use a textbook, but bring these standards to life? Bring it to life. Bring it to yeah. life. Yeah. So um, you said earlier, teaching with love, you know, and coming off last week's episode, you know, uh, Valentine's Day, you know, how do you, how do you actually define love as it pertains to teaching? Man, I think love as it pertains to teaching, I'm like, okay, these are like, I imagine each child is being my child. Mm-hmm. And I know that I have a responsibility to give them the very best that I can and meet them where they are. And so when I teach with love, it's not, looking at them as less than, but looking at them as my equal. Because it's hard to teach somebody when you think negatively of them or when you think less of them. So our circumstances may be different, but they're my, I want to treat them as they're my equal and that they're worthy to receive this. I don't think anything less of them. Mm-hmm. My grandma used to say, you treat everybody the same. Treat everybody the same. The janitor and the CEO. I'm telling you. And you're supposed to treat everybody the same. That's right. All right, so... You, you've done a lot with students, right? But now you're into programs that you're creating that have to do with chess and robotics. Um, so how did you get into that? Um, I got into that just um, working with Boys and Girls Clubs of mm. America. First of all, are you good at chess? I'm all right. You, all right? you know, back in high school, I was ranked like number two oh. in my school. <laughs> I, was, I was ranked number two in my house, I guess. Man. <laughs> So uh, just man, two people, and Mr. Daniel in uh in high school taught me how to play chess. Uh-huh. I just stumbled into it, and I f- I fell in love with it, man. Mm-hmm. And so, so what you doing at the boys' club with it? Well, right now I don't have an active chess program, but I want to start one back up, you mm-hmm. know, because well, of pandemic stuff. Because of pandemic and stuff, but I do do a mentoring program where I teach the boys chess and stuff mm-hmm. on the weekends. Um, but it's just another avenue to get their minds engaged. And I, I love, man, I take personal pride <laughs> when you see, like, a kid, they be like, oh, he from Bankhead or whatever, Donnelly Hollowell Parkway, he right. from there, and then they bust out that chess set, and they know how to play chess. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh-huh, <laughs> told you, told you. It's, it's just, like, a good feeling to take kids to another level that people don't expect from them. You feel me? Exactly. Yeah. So you look at somebody, you don't expect it, you know, like – because they don't see that you've been giving them that proverbial pencil. That's right. Right, so they can be successful. And I think that, especially as as black folks, we have to make sure that we're giving that pencil. You know, we're giving that support. We're giving that time. And sometimes, even the finances, we have to make sure that we're supporting things that help our community grow. Oh, wowzers. That's right. Yeah. So, Josh, you are a writer. Yes. (laughs) You are a mentor. Yes. You are an educator. Yes. Yes, sir. You are wonderful. Absolutely dope, 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 dope. And we appreciate that. But now it's time to figure out if you know what's going on in these streets. Street, street. Mm-hmm. Dope. All right, Josh, we've reached a part in our show we call What's the Dopest? 
Yes, sir. Got to get this question right. You get it wrong, we put you out the house. Oh, man. And that's how it works. It's wintertime. You will be freezing, sir, and you're skinny. So... <laughs> <laughs> Might not be a good time for not you. Not a sir. good combination. Now, one thing I do know about you is that you love red and black. It's all over you. Yes. Right. So, yes, indeed. what or who is going to be the dopest? The Atlanta Falcons or the Georgia Bulldogs, sir? Man, honestly, <laughs> I would want the Falcons to be the dopest, but let's keep that thing 100. The Georgia Bulldogs are going to be the dopest. They get. See, Atlanta Falcons got salary cap situations and stuff. But that boy Kirby Smart at, at UGA, he can just get some more five star recruits. He gets some more five stars to keep going. Up real, real quick. He can re up real quick. So, the Falcons are my favorite team, but who's going to be the dopest and the flyest and the world changer? Got to go with them Georgia Bulldogs in Athens. Yeah. So, did you, you enjoy this year's ride? Man, did I enjoy it? What was the best part? The best part. Honestly, was coming in the gym that Tuesday morning <laughs> after the Bulldogs had won that championship that night, and I had on that black UGA hoodie, and I went person to person, person to person, and I, and I greeted them. Good morning, kind sir. <laughs> Anything you'd like to tell me? They wanted to tell you something about Nick Saban. Huh? They wanted to tell me about a wide receiver being injured and everything. I said, no, no, no. Just tell me congratulations. <laughs> you know, everybody's dignified until they get to the what's the dopest question. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like, Didn't it just come you out? You know I was a teacher? <laughs> I wrote, because I ain't got a post. Yeah, right no, I, wrote, I wrote poems. I'm, I'm a poet. You know, so what about the Bulldogs? Oh, my God. Let me tell you. Shout out. Let me tell you. Yeah, shout, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's when things start to change. Um, now you also wrote a book, right? Yeah, I've written. I've written about <laughs> eight books. See, now I'm back to Joshua again. Yeah. I, I was Jai, yeah. but now I'm back to Joshua. But I've written. <laughs> I've written about eight books. I, mm -hmm. I've written four children's short story, four poetry books, and then oh, I've written nine books and one guide for mentoring. So I've written mm -hmm. nine total books. Man, you're super dope. All right, you got all these books. Where can where can the people find the books? Man, you can find my books on Amazon. All you have to do is put in Joshua T. Dickerson, and then all my books will pop up. Okay. Yeah. Support so, a brother. So you've done all these things, Josh. So what's next for you? What's next? Mm -hmm. um, shoot, honestly, I want to get back into getting out and speaking and such. With the pandemic, that kind of slowed down a little bit. And then also, I want to continue my, my fitness journey. Like, I want to be... 43 and fit like <laughs> for my kids and stuff my kids called me fat last summer what yeah what man. they looking at <laughs> man i took off this shirt my parents had a swimming party right <laughs> and i took off my shirt with confidence with confidence hopped in the pool <laughs> got out and my mama like all right all right baby let's all take a picture and so I got all my kids together and I ain't having no shirt. Mm -hmm. And my kids would not take a picture with me until I put on my shirt because my stomach was looking flabby. <laughs> And they're like, nah, we ain't taking a picture. So I said, okay. That's that's when I started running and exercising more. And that's when I called Mike Jones. Mike Jones. <laughs> yeah, Mike Jones on Everyday Dope. Oh, man. You skinny. I'm sorry. Hey, <laughs> I don't know what your kids looking at. They just, they just hate us, man. They, they just hate us. They just hate us. They are not yeah. fly and unique and world-changing in that point. <laughs> they're not. Not in that point. No. All right, Josh. Uh, tell the people where they can find you. Facebook, Instagram, yeah, the you Twitter. Can me, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Joshua. T. Dickerson, and then at Twitter at Josh T. Dickerson. Mm. It's all consistent. Mm. Check me out. I just pretty much be posting poetry and trying to keep it inspirational and stuff that's going on in the world. All right. Sounds good. All right, Josh, you're wonderful. You're super dope. You're a poet, teacher, 
educator and just a wonderful man. We thank you for coming by to Everyday Dope. We love you. We appreciate you. And we're going to holler at you on the other side. Yes, sir. Thank you for tuning in to Everyday Dope. We hope you were inspired to live in your dopeness and celebrate the dopeness around you. Don't forget to rate, review, and share with your crew. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at My Everyday Dope. I'm your host, Mr. Sheffield, and we will see you on the other side. Other, other side. Oh, 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 other, other side. Go to MyEverydayDope.com slash merch and buy you something.